Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. This is the Body of Christ Church, and you are listening to our program, Kings and Priests, where we teach repentance to the twelve tribes scattered abroad. In these last days, darkness has covered the earth, and gross darkness covers the people. But for those who choose to hear the words of the Father and the instructions of Jesus Christ, He will give them the power to become the nation of kings and priests they were ordained to be from the foundations of the earth. Thanksgiving, the day of blood. Thanksgiving, a time of year to get together with family and friends and be thankful. Is this the di- is this the truth of this day? Is this a day that God has ordained to gather and give thanks in His name or His Son's name? What is the history behind this day? Come join us on Kings and Priests as we examine the truth 
from history and the Holy Bible. I'd like to welcome you to another edition of Kings and Priests. I'm your brother, Gadawan, here in London, in the UK, but I know a lot of people in the United States are getting ready to celebrate Thanksgiving. Like I see a lot of, uh, you know, my family and friends back in the U.S., they, they're making trips to, to get together and you know, spend time with their family, and I'm not. I'm not against that. The Lord's not against that. You know, us spending time with our family, but this day that has been set up goes completely contrary to the words of the Heavenly Father and the words of Jesus Christ. And this day, not only is it a pagan day, because the Heavenly Father set up days for us to to worship. And to give thanks for all that he had supplied. And basically, this is what this this day was supposed to be established, that it was a day of giving of thanks of plenty that the Lord had blessed them with. It's actually a day called Harvest Festival where they thank the God of corn. And it's, it's, it's history. But most people, what do they do? They ignore history and they just follow what the mainstream tells them. And this was just like, Years, years and years ago in the time of prophets, you would have the mainstream and the prophets, they they would be like the, the cable television. These guys would pop up and they would say, you know what, actually, the thing that you love to do is against God. And they were like, yeah, really? You know what, take him behind, out past the wall and stone them. And that was that was the truth of the story of many of the prophets. And you see that today when men really stand up for truth and they start to come out and they have some kind of voice in the mainstream to tell people the truth, what happened to them? They get shot, they get killed, or their plane goes down in mysterious circumstances. So it's the same thing now. But we have to do this job of bringing out the truth. And for the most part, it's not something that's going to make us a lot of friends because we say, you know what, you gathering together on Thanksgiving. You know what, that's going against the Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. And people, what they do, they associate these days with their family and friends. So you're trying to say, I can't get together with my family? You're trying to say, no, we're not saying you can't get together with your family. The Mosiah is not saying you can't get together with your family. This is a day you get together and you say, you know what, this is a day that the Lord has made? No, the Lord didn't ordain this day. So I'd like to thank everyone that's tuned in, that's that's joining us. And, you know, we've got a pretty good show, an informative show. And I know this show is not going to be popular. A lot of people are probably not going to listen to it. But one of the things that the Lord told the prophets of old, he told them to go and prophesy to the wind, whether they were here or whether they were forbear. Because a lot of people, they're going to turn, they're going to turn their heads and like, you know, that really doesn't concern me. I don't really care about it. And, there's a scripture that uh, Jesus Christ spoke, or Yahweh or Yeshua, because a lot of people, well, there's no J in the Hebrew, brother. So you want to call him Yeshua. He's still, in the Greek, it still means the same. It means Savior. Okay? And Christ means anointed, or, or Messiah means anointed. He's, he's the anointed one. 
So in Matthew 24 and 12, it reads, And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. And so, first of all, the two great commandments in the law, where was your love supposed to be placed? It was supposed to be love of the Heavenly Father and then the love of your neighbor. So because iniquity, what is iniquity? Iniquity is sin. Iniquity is transgression of the law. Well, people don't care about the words of the Heavenly Father or Christ. People don't care about what the Bible says or what God has to say. Forget that, man. I'm going to live my life. I only live once. So forget what God said. Forget. There's no fear of God on the earth. That's why you have a man that will go out and do all manner of abominations. He'll rape a woman. He'll get a woman pregnant. Don't take care of the child. Nothing. There's no fear of God. There's no fear of God on the earth. So the, the scriptures say, because iniquity shall abound. That means grow, increase, and has wickedness, evil abounded on the earth. Yes. It says the love of many shall wax cold. Now we know love isn't meant to be cold. It's meant to be what? Hot. <laughs> <laughs> love is meant to be hot It's not meant to be cold But that's how many people say Oh man, you, you're cold as ice Or you want to use the Rick James man, Cold blooded Many people are cold blooded Towards the Heavenly Father And Jesus Christ But they will not listen They will not support what the scriptures say Where you can come together On the Feast of Tabernacles Or the Feast of Ingathering This was the biblical thanksgiving for the harvest or the things that you brought in. See, this is what that thanksgiving is supposed to be, that nice little friendly picture that they show you of the Indians getting together with the pilgrims. And many people, you know, you grew up and, and you, would, you, would, you would play these things out in school and they would teach you these things in school, that it was a friendly relationship between the Native American Indians and the pilgrims who came over from Europe and they just got over and they played nice and they showed them how to farm and all this type of good thing. And you accept that. You accept that. You accept that. And it's in the mainstream. So even if you go to church and you accept that, they teach the same thing. But when you open up the Bible, the Bible has a different view of what days that you're supposed to keep and what days you're not supposed to keep. Because pagans have been since old, and the Lord tells us that we're not supposed to join with them. We're supposed to follow him. But I have, oh, let me, I see, I've got my co-host. All right, this is the, this is the brother Abaja, and he also show on the Body of Christ radio network on Friday nights at 7 p.m. called Repentance is the Key. So if you get a chance you're at home, at home on Friday, and you know you know you really feeling in a biblical mood. Check out his show; it's definitely edifying, and you will definitely learn something, and you will definitely be edified in the spirit. So, brother Abaja, how are you doing this morning? I give all praises to the Heavenly Father in Christ for again another opportunity to preach His Word. So, yeah, I'm good. Right, all all praises and. Like I was uh, saying before, you know, we're not coming out and we're not saying for people not to take this time to go and be with their families. We're not saying that. But what we're saying is as far as the the celebration 
of Thanksgiving. There's many people that are going to support Thanksgiving. And many people are under the belief that this is something that's ordained by the Heavenly Father. Now, is this something that is ordained by the Heavenly Father? Abaja? Mm, not that I can read in the scriptures, but I have to say no. Absolutely. It's absolutely a no. And let's go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 10 and 20. And like I was saying earlier, many people, they're, they're going to be upset when we bring out this information. They're going to be really upset, and they're going to be mad. And you know what? In the past, I brought it out how in the past, how many people, they killed the prophets. And, you know, people people are upset, people are upset now when we bring out this message. But it's going to come a time where if you say things like this, the people are going to try to lay their hands on you for just speaking the word. Because that's what happened to the prophets of old. Because this message is so powerful and undeniable. And the information age is like, okay, well, you go and look, go and Google the history of Thanksgiving and see what it's really about. Are you really keeping the, the, the statutes and commandments of the Heavenly Father? Are you really honoring God on this day? People don't want to hear that. But read this, 1 Corinthians 10 and 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 20. Wait a second. There we go. But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice fight to devil and not to God. And I would not that you should have fellowship with devils. So when, when people read that... Um, that terminology, the things with the Gentiles. See, they don't have an understanding who or what the Gentiles are. So when it says, when I say to the things that the Gentiles sacrifice, it's telling you. But let's go to Psalms 50 and 5. Go to Psalms, the 50 chapter in the fifth verse. So why would, why would Paul, who's supposed to be a minister of the Gentiles, be speaking about the Gentiles. What does he know that we don't? Read. Psalms 50 and 5. Gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. And the heavens shall declare his righteousness, for God is judge himself. Selah. Oh, Hear, O my people. Stop there. It's a different one. The one that says that the things that a Gentile sacrifice. Uh, give me a second. It's in Psalms. I get it twisted around. Yeah. For Gentiles and nations, it's a, it's the it's the same kind of terminology. I'm gonna find it before you. So it's in uh, somewhere in the book of Psalms. Yeah. 
Psalms 96 and 5. Oh, okay. That's what it was. Okay. Psalms, Psalms 96, 96 and, five. and 5. Yep. All right. Psalms 96 and 5. I'm going to start at verse 4. I'm going to start at Psalms 96 4. It says, For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised, for he is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. So the Lord, that goes right hand in hand, what I was saying before, how people don't have any fear of the Most High. And that love waxing cold and the iniquity abounding, people don't care what the Bible says or people don't care what the Heavenly Father says or they have no fear towards him. So... Verse 5 said, for all the gods of the nations are idols. So when you go back to 1 Corinthians 10 and 20, read that again. All right. 1 Corinthians 10 and 20. But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that you should have fellowship with devils. So the Gentiles is just another, is another word for nations. So in Psalms 96 and 5, who were the nations in worshiping? In Psalms 96 and 5, that was everybody else except the children of Israel. No, what was the nations worshiping? Oh, they were worshiping Baal. They were worshiping Dagon. They were worshiping Buddha. Okay, depending on what point in history you're talking about. Um, you and, had the sun god Ra in Egypt. I mean, take your pick. Right. So now, when we come to the New Testament, what did Paul mm-hmm. call these things that the Gentiles worshipped? No. <laughs> so you mean to tell me, does the Bible respect other people's religions or other people's uh, gods? Apparently, from what we're reading is it doesn't. So let's just focus on Thanksgiving, which the true origin of Thanksgiving, they worship the god of corn. So according to Paul, what did he say that this was? If you if you celebrated the god of corn, who did you sacrifice to? You sacrificed the devils. And not to and God. Not to God. And not to God. This is the point. And this is what Paul was bringing out. Because many people, he was going and teaching the word to people that were scattered abroad and they were caught up into these different pagan religions. And what did he tell them? But I say the things with the Gentiles sacrifice. They sacrifice to devils. So that's the same thing back in Psalms 96, where he says, look, the things that the Gentiles, the nations, what they're dealing with, they're dealing with these other gods. And the gods of the nations are idols. They're not God. God made the heavens. So now, People have adopted these pagan customs. So when you come together, and like I like to give thanks for the turkey, and thanks, that's not thanks to the Most High. That's not thanks to Jesus Christ. And you're going to use Jesus Christ's name to, to signify everything and seal it up and piece it up. No. The Lord is not accepting that. So the things with the Gentile sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And it says, and I would 
not that you should have fellowship with devils. So this is the purpose of this message, to turn our people away from the false satanic holidays of this world. We're set up to bring sacrifices to Satan. And it's it's designed to protect itself. And how it protects itself is like, okay, if you attack the day, then basically it's like you're attacking um, you to get together with your family. And I'll say it again. We're not saying you got these two days off. Go and see your family. Have a vacation. But don't say this is a day to honor the Heavenly Father in Jesus Christ because it is not. He did not establish it, and the both sides does not promote it. So read verse 21. Alright First Corinthians ten twenty one. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord And the cup of devils You cannot Be partakers of the Lord's table And of the table of devils So you have to make a choice You have to make a choice Of what you're going to do And it's really interesting Because a lot of people They're going to make that choice Based upon their feelings and emotions Like well I really I really love my family and if I say I'm not going to celebrate Thanksgiving then this will cause a, a a problem with my family. That's why Jesus Christ said if you love father, mother, sister, brother, wife more than me, you're not worthy of me. Because he's showing us the truth, the unedited, the unadulterated, the unsugarcoated Truth and many people are not going to be able to deal with it. That's why Christ said, "Many are called, but few are chosen." So you look at your church and you say, "We got we got twenty thousand in hell." You, got, uh-huh. you have to ask yourself a question: Is that where the truth is? Because Christ said, "Many are called, but few few are chosen. Few are going to take heed to the call." So when we when we do these shows and like be ten people in there, we were like <laughs> we doing what we're supposed to because the most the the majority of people are going to be repulsed by the truth. I'll say it again: the majority of people are going to be repulsed. They're going to reject. They're going to despise the truth. And who is the truth? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said, "I am the truth, the way, and the life." And that's what happened. When Christ walked the earth, most people rejected him, even though he came healing and teaching and feeding the people, the Israelites. They rejected him. Crucify him. Crucify him. Caesar's our king. After all the good things he did. So this is the nature of the beast. This is the nature of the beast. But this is not a day of the Lord. Now, let's go to the book of Amos, the fifth chapter and the 20 verse, and see some other things how the Lord feels about this day. Because many people, they're going to come together and they're going to say it's a solemn assembly. It's Thanksgiving. And they're going to do their due diligence. They're going to have, you know, the, the, the turkey and the candy yams and the fried chicken and the macaroni and cheese and the sweet potato pie, pumpkin pie, pound cake, all them good things that your mama makes so well, that your wife makes so well, and that's associated in, in your mind 
to this day. So people are looking forward, or they they're looking forward to their their, their different abominations: the shrimp, catfish, uh, uh, lobster, many things that people have on on Thanksgiving as well. That that seafood, they're looking forward to that, and that's sealed in their mind. So let's see what the Most High thinks about these days. That's not just read, and we'll explain. All right. Amos five twenty one. Amos 5.21, I hate, I despise your feast days, and I will not smell in your olive assemblies. Wait a minute. I thought God don't hate nothing. He just loves everything. Everything. Uh, you can't do nothing wrong for God to hate you. Read that well, again. Me, I'll read it again. Amos 5.21, I hate, I despise. What, what does God hate? I despise your feast days. I read it again. He says, I hate, I despise your feast days, and I will not smell in your solemn assemblies. Now, these feast days were talking about the original feast that was established by the Lord. But what happened? People did not honor them how the Lord established them. And that's why he said, I despise your feast days. Because they had changed them and made it into something that was not godly. So if the Lord hated and despised the original days that was that was supposed to be supported, what do you think about these pagan days that people have established on the earth? It's the same thing. He hates and despises them. Despise me, he rejects them. I will not smell in your solemn assembly. Because what happened was when they did when they made the food and stuff, it would have a sweet savior. Meaning it would smell nice. So the sacrifices of things that was done in righteousness and holy, it would have a sweet favor unto the Lord. So the Lord said, I will not smell in your solemn assemblies, meaning the Lord will not be present when you gather together for thanks in the name of thanksgiving. When you gather together in the name of thanksgiving and you give thanks, guess what? The Lord is not going to be there. The Lord is not going to bless you or give you thanksgiving. So this is what the Lord was saying by the prophet Amos thousands of years ago to the Israelites when they kept their feast days. Why? Because it was abominable. They were not keeping the commandments of the Heavenly Father. They did not fear the laws and statutes of the Heavenly Father. They did not honor the Heavenly Father. They did not keep the great commandment of the law to love the heavenly father with all thy heart and thy soul and thy mind and thy strength. So the Lord said, what? I hate, I despise your feast days. So when they came together to rejoice and to be joyful and to thank the Lord, the Lord said, I'm not there. I despise what you're doing. Read verse 22. All right, verse 22. Though ye offer me burnt offerings and your meat offerings, I will not accept them. Neither will I regard the peace offerings of your fat beast. So now when you have when you when you offering the swine and you got you got the you got the candy ham, you got the candy yam, the fat turkey, the duck, all these different things, the Lord said, I will not accept your meat offerings. In ancient times these were actual offerings that they would do to honor God. But most people what they do now, they cook it up. And it's no big thing, but they give thanks to the Most High. Oh, we like to thank the Lord this Thanksgiving. Thank the Lord for the turkey. Thank the Lord for the ham. Thank the Lord for this. Thank the Lord for that. The Lord says, I will not accept 
them. Neither will I regard the peace offerings of your fat beasts, because in ancient times they will offer animals as a sacrifice to make amends for offenses that they get, did against the Heavenly Father. So now, what are people offering now? People are offering the, the calves of their lips, and they're saying, well, you know what? Uh, we want to ask the Lord on this Thanksgiving to, to give us grace and to look uh, uh, past our transgressions. The Lord said, uh, no, that won't be able to make peace with him. So read 23. All right. Verse 23. Take thou away from me the noise of thy song, for I will not hear the melody of thy violence. So people are going to come together on Thanksgiving and be having a party and music and stuff going to be going on? No, of course. So the Lord said, I ain't going to be there. <laughs> I'm not going to rejoice mm-hmm. in that. I'm not going to hear your melodies. And people, people are going to, you know, have gospel songs and sing prayers. They're going to go to church, everything on Thanksgiving. The Lord said, I'm not going to hear the melodies of your vows. Read on. They're <laughs> going to church. Verse 24. But let judgment run down as waters and righteousness as a mighty stream. What? Read that again. But let judgment run down as waters and righteousness as a mighty stream. Well, let judgment run down as mighty waters and righteousness as a mighty stream. See, that's what the Lord is dealing with. He's a God of judgment. He's a God of righteousness. He's a God of faith. But many people are not going to be dealing with that. All they're going to be dealing with, oh, this Thanksgiving is a good time to give me that, get, give me that chicken. This is a good day to give me that chicken, yam, eat, and, you know, family, everything. But the Most High is dealing with judgment and righteousness. And this is really uh, an afterthought to many people. And some, some people, it's on their mind, but you can't do this in the name of Thanksgiving. Not everybody is in that mindset where they're up to badness on this day called Thanksgiving, but it's not a day that we should support. It's not a day that the Most High has established, and we're going to go into different things and show you the real true history of Thanksgiving and what was going on. Was it a friendly meeting between the pilgrims and the Native American Indians, which is one of the tribes, lost tribes of Israel? Read on, read 25. All right. Verse 25. Have ye offered unto me sacrifices and offerings in the wilderness forty years, O house of Israel? But ye have borne the tabernacle of your Molech and Shion, your images, the star of your God, which ye made yourselves. So for forty years the Israelites wandered in the wilderness, and the reason why they wandered in the Israel, uh, wandered in the real uh, wilderness is because they feared man and did not did not obey the commandments of God. They did not obey the commandments of God. So 40 years, they offered sacrifice and offerings. But all of them that was afraid and did not obey the voice of God, they died. So what is it showing you? Number one, that you could do wickedness and then the offerings and things that you bring to the Heavenly Father is going to be of no profit, of no value. But what were they doing in the wilderness? They were worshiping other gods. They were worshiping other gods, and that's what people are doing now. When you celebrate Thanksgiving, it's the worship of the God of corn. Now, if I was Barack Obama and I said this, people listen, 
But it was the same with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said, a prophet has no honor in his own country <laughs> or amongst his own people. If another came in his name, no day they were here. So you have people like Jim Jones telling people to drink the Kool-Aid and die. And they have a big following. You got mm. people like Flo Dollar who saying, look, it, you know, people that play their ties, you know what I like to do? I like to take them out back with a bunch of Uzis, line them up and shoot them. They have a big following. Do you have someone that come out and tell you the truth, the unadulterated truth, the truth that you can check from point A to point Z, from point A to point Z if you're in the UK? No, you're the enemy. You're the one we got to tear down. You're the one we got to lock up. You must be a terrorist coming out and, 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 and speaking against our good Thanksgiving. Mm. Let's go to the book of Isaiah 66 and 3. Let's go to the book of Isaiah 66. And verse 3, sorry. Okay. The prophets of old were always hated because they prophesied of war. They prophesied against kings. They prophesied against countries. And they were hated. And we're going we're to show that. And many people, this is what they feel about the true prophets of the day. They're hated. They're not liked. You see some guy, he's speaking the Bible, and he's well-liked across the world. He ain't no prophet. <laughs> he ain't no prophet. The prophets were always hated. Why? Because they told the truth against people's inner lust, inner demons. They could speak things into the darkness and bring them to light. How the hell do you know that? Because the scriptures, the, the, the Bible says the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it knows the intents of your heart. It knows your intentions. So things you thinking in your mind, the scriptures will bear them out. So that's where like, yo, this guy got to die because he know too much. And who knows mm. too much? It's the Heavenly Father that knows your heart. So read Isaiah 66 verse 3. All right. Isaiah 66 and 3. <clears throat> he that killeth an ox is it that he, he is he, uh, we start over. He that killeth an ox is as if he slew a man. He that sacrifices a lamb as if he cut off a dog's neck. He that offers an oblation as if he offered swine's blood. He that burneth incense as if he blessed an idol. Yea, they have chosen their own ways, and their soul delighteth in their abominations. So you people have chosen their own ways versus the scriptures. Like you want to get together. There's a day for you to get together. And for you to give thanks for all the things that you have received from the harvest. Because that's what Thanksgiving is about. You see the pictures and they've got the big basket with all the fruits and things coming out of it. That day is called the Feast of Tabernacles. That was a day that you read about in Leviticus 23. That was the holy convocation. That was a holy gathering where you were supposed to give thanks to the Heavenly Father. So people say, you know what? Forget about that. We're going to do our own thing. So the Lord says what? Yea, they have chosen their own ways, and their soul delighteth in their abominations, because these things are hateful before the Most High. For you to worship other gods, which thanksgiving is, is the worship of the God of corn, him that walketh behind the rose, like you see the children of corn. That's what they worship it, the God of corn. They delight us in their abomination. You tell people, no, Thanksgiving is not about it's not about the most high in Jesus Christ. Oh, see, then you 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 dealing with some kind of legalistic and Jesus done away with that. 
If Jesus were here, he would tell you the same thing. He's going to follow his father, his father. As a matter of fact, we're going to get something that Jesus said. But finish reading up on this. Verse 4. All right. Verse 4. I also will choose their delusions and will bring their fears upon them. Because when I called, none did answer. When I spake, they did not hear. But they did evil before mine eyes and chose that which I delighted not. So the Lord is going to bring judgment. He's going to, I will also choose their delusions and bring their fears upon them because when I called, none did answer. When I spake, they did not hear. So the Lord is not coming down speaking in the physical form. He speaks through his prophets, his messengers, his seers. They come and speak the word of the Heavenly Father, just like Isaiah did, just like Elijah did, just like Jesus did, just like uh, Moses did. That's how the Lord is speaking. When I spake, they did not hear. That's why when the prophets went out and spoke, what out did they speak? Thus saith the God of Israel, hear, O Israel, hear the word of the Lord God of it. That's how they spoke, because it wasn't their word. So when the Lord says, when I spake, they didn't hear. When I called, they didn't answer, that the Lord was sending the prophets to speak to them. So what are we speaking to you is that this day, Thanksgiving, is no thanks to God. Go be with your family. Enjoy the time off. Enjoy it. But don't say this is thanksgiving to God, because it's not. But it says what? But they did evil before my eyes and choose that in which I delighted not. So the Lord has no delight in this day whatsoever. He did not establish it. He does not, uh, uh, he does not put his stamp of, of approval on it. So should we keep it? No. It's to worship to other gods. Hands down, 100%. 100%. This is proven. Now go to Mark 7. Mark 7 and 1. All right. Here we go. Mark chapter 7, verse 1. And that song, the song that we was playing before, it was a little uh, Native American and uh, Native American music where they were singing singing the name of the Most High uh, Yahweh or some would say Yahweh. You can hear them singing it so they know it. Why do they know it? Because they're one of the tribes of Israel. So we're going to get into that a little bit more and get into the history of Thanksgiving and what was really going on and, 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 and why the Native Americans are suffering so much do they even know? We know, and we're going to bring this out. But let's, let's continue our reading. We want to get the words of Christ, because many people, what do they see Thanksgiving as? They see it as a what, Ibanja, for their family? Well, it's a time of gathering with the family and a time to pig out, to enjoy so your food. you do that year after go. year after year after year. What do people call that? What, a family tradition? Yes. So let's read, let's read Mark 7, and let's start from verse 1. All right. Mark 7 and 1. <clears throat> it says, Then came together unto him the Pharisees and certain of the scribes which came to Jerusalem. And when now, they saw the, some of the his... Pharisees, 
and the, the Pharisees and certain of the scribes, who were these people, um, Abijah? The Pharisees and the scribes were basically a lot of, you know, what would be more or less the leaders of our of that time, of the people. Right. They were the religious leaders. And see, the religious leaders, was they, they, that was it. They were synonymous with, there was no separation between church and state with the people of God. It was the same. Mm-hmm. Even the king, he had to know the laws and the commandments. There was no separation of churches. Like, well, you need we got to separate that, keep that Bible out of the courthouse, boy. No, there was none of that. It was it was one and the same. So then came together unto him the Pharisees and certain of the scribes which came unto Jerusalem, the city of peace, the city of Salaam, the city of peace. Read on. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Verse two. And when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled, that is to say, with unwashing hands, they found fault. So they saw them and like, man, you didn't wash your hands. So they found fault. And when it says they found fault, it wasn't like, okay, you know, you really could have washed your hands. That's really unhygienic. You should really wash your hands. They found fault like this is something that is against God. That's what it means when they found fault. Read verse 3. They were trying to accuse the Lord and his disciples of sinning. Yes. Thank you. All right. Verse 3. For the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they wash their hands off, eat not, holding the tradition of the elders. So this was, something, come, this was a tradition. <laughs> and yep. if tradition was broken, then you would be held accountable, like you broke a law. You could be ticketed. You you broke a law. You could be held accountable for this. You got to go and see the judge. This is the way how they viewed this thing. Read on. Mm-hmm. All right. Verse 4. It says, And when they come from the market, except they wash, they eat not. And many other things there be which they have received to hold as the washing of cups and pots, brazen vessels, and of tables. So it was many things that they upheld that if you didn't do, it was like a criminal offense. It was like you had broken a law, like you caught a case, and there was going to be a warrant for your arrest. And, and if you look at it, for many of us that don't celebrate these pagan satanic holidays because that's what they are, whether people, you know, get upset, people want to deal with it or not, it's like you've committed a criminal offense against your family. You're not keeping Mother's Day. You've committed a crime. You don't, you don't love your mother. How dare you forget Mother's Day? How are you not going to come together for Thanksgiving? We got all this Thanksgiving food, and this is a time for the family to get it. How dare you not gather for Thanksgiving? You're a bad son. You're a bad daughter. So this is the way the Pharisees and Sadducees saw it. They had traditions that were set up that if you not keep them, then you could be blamed for it. Read on verse 5. Mm-hmm. Verse 5. Then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashing hands? So the Pharisees and the scribes, who are the religious leaders, who have the influence, over the people is asking Jesus Christ now, why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders? 
but eat bread with unwashed hands? Why aren't they following the tradition? And that's why many, many people ask us the same thing. Why are you not keeping Thanksgiving? Why are you not celebrating Christmas? Why won't you come to the Christmas party? Why? It's like, you know, we're, okay, if I say I'm not celebrating Christmas, this is our religious belief, I thought it was supposed to be religious tolerance. But it showed there is no tolerance for those that truly serve the God of heaven and earth, that truly serve the Messiah that's written in the Bible. There's no tolerance for them. There's no tolerance for those that follow Christ. So the disciples follow Christ. The Pharisees, the, Pharisees, the scribes, and the Sadducees, they was doing their own thing that the Heavenly Father was speaking about. They were following their own ways. They were following their own traditions. So it's question. Why aren't they following these traditions? Verse 6. 6. He answered and said unto them, Well hath Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. So what does that mean? Jesus Christ said to them, Well have Isaiah prophesied of you, hypocrites, as it is written. Written where? Written where in the Old Testament? Because a lot of Christians are dealing with that Old Testament, Old Law, Old Testament, Old Law. As it is written, this people honor me, honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And that's what it is when you keep Thanksgiving. With your lips, you're going to honor the Heavenly Father. But in your heart, are you really keeping the words of the Heavenly Father in Jesus Christ? No, you're not keeping the commandments of the Heavenly Father. What you're trying to say, I'm going to honor the Heavenly Father. I'm going to honor the Heavenly Father in the way that I want to honor him. I'm honoring him. Even though this day is pagan, it's not after God, it's a worship. This is how I honor God. I'm still honoring him. No. If you were going to honor God, then read verse 7. Let's see. All right, verse 7. How be it in vain do they worship me? teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. So what is thanksgiving? Who was thanksgiving commanded by? Man. Was this established by the Heavenly Father? Not at all. Was it ordained by the Heavenly Father? Not according to what we've got here. So people that they give honor and praise to the Heavenly Father on thanksgiving, what did it say? Reverse 7 again. It says, how be it in vain do they worship me teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. How be it in vain do they worship me? So when you give thanks, honor, praise, glory to God for the candy yam, the candy ham, the turkey, the duck, and all these different things, what are you doing? You're doing it in, you're doing it in vain. Because God's not accepting that. Because that's not what he commanded. You're going to worship God how you want to worship him. No, you can, that, that doesn't float the boat with the Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. Verse 8, teaching for the doctrines, the commandments of men. Because this is what this is. This is the commandments of men. This is the commandments of God. This is the traditions of men. It's not the traditions of God. Read verse 8. Verse 8. For laying aside the commandment of God, he holds the tradition of men as washing of pots and cups and many other such like things he did. So what do people do? They lay aside the commandment of God. What commandment have they laid aside, Abaja? <laughs> Thou shalt have no other gods before me. 
So he thought I'd put you on the spot. But you can't be put on the spot. That one, that is just it's right in front of your face. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Because Thanksgiving is a worship of the God of corn. That's what it is. It's like it's just like Halloween. Halloween is not all 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 saints hallowed Eve. What is it? It's the worship of, of Samhain, Sawain, the God of the dead. When the Bible says what? God says, I am not the God of the dead, but God is a God of the living. That's why this, and John says what? This word is going to bring you to life. You're going to be quickened by the word of Jesus Christ. When you was dead, you were dead in sin and iniquity. Jesus Christ, is going to, he's going to touch you with this word and bring you back to life. He's going to bring you back. He's going to Lazarus you because many people are dead. They're asleep. You need to wake up. Wake up out of the sleep and come to the truth that is in Jesus Christ, which is in Yeshua, the Messiah, or Yahawashai, some people call him. Wake up to the Messiah. Wake up to the truth. For laying aside the commandment of God. Meaning what? You put that to the side. Okay, that's the commandment. Now, but we're going to keep our tradition. We're going to keep our tradition. We're going to keep Thanksgiving. That's a time for the family to come together. Ain't nobody going to say nothing against that. Who are you speaking? What? Do you know who you're speaking against? People don't care. You know what? And people didn't care. People didn't care. When Noah told them that there was going to be a flood and that it was going to rain, they told him it's going to rain. It never rained before. They said, this man is crazy. He talking about it's going to rain. He no no good no good every day. It's a mist that hit, but there's no rain. This guy's crazy. That's how people viewed the prophets when they came and spoke because it was radical to the tradition that people was keeping in the mainstream. So when you come and say, "No, nah, I'm not celebrating Thanksgiving," you look at like someone you're crazy. But you open up the Bible, and when that word start hitting, then people want to fight you. People want to fight you. Well, see, no, see, God ain't got no problem with me getting together with my family. How dare you speak about me getting together with my family? People get confrontational. When that word starts to come out, then the demons on them begin to rise. Do you have some people that are not that way? They listen, okay, well, I respect you that, but you know what? I'm, I'm going to keep that even anyway. And they walk away. Some people, some people, they're stern and keeping that tradition. But what did Christ said? You lay aside the commandment of God so you can hold your tradition of men. Verse 9. Verse 9. And he said unto them, Full well ye reject the commandment of God that ye may keep your own tradition. That is, not, is that not complete? So when you reject the commandment of God, what is that called, Abaja? That is called basically breaking the commandments or sin. It's, it's another word. You didn't say it. It's rebellion. rebellion. Oh, you got it. It's, it's rebellion, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's rebellion. And what did the Lord say about rebellion in the scriptures? Hmm. Let me see if I can find it. But basically he said... First Samuel 15, 23. Oh, First go ahead and say it. Yeah. Say it if you know it. No, nah, we'll... He said rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. First Samuel 15 and 23. Because most people, that's what you're doing. You're rebelling against the Heavenly Father. You're stubborn against the Most High's commandments. You're stubborn to repent 
against these different days that set up. And every year we 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 run the gauntlet on these pagan days, don't we, um, Abaja? Oh yeah. We run the gauntlet, whether it be Halloween, Thanksgiving, Harvest Festival, Christmas, uh, uh, New Year's, uh, Mardi Gras, Ash, uh, Ash Wednesday. Sorry, Ash. <laughs> We got uh, brother, brother Ashbach in the chat room. We're not speaking to brother against Ash brother Ashbach. Ash Wednesday, Ash Wednesday, not Ash. <laughs> All right, read. First Samuel fifteen twenty three. It says, "For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as idolatry." And I'm gonna read as iniquity and idolatry. Mm-hmm. Read on. It says. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected thee from being king. Right. So it says for rebellion as the sin of witchcraft. Now, what's so bad about that? Well, when you witchcraft, what's, what's so bad about witchcraft? Well, according to some people, absolutely nothing. But that's not thus saith the Lord. Yeah, we we well, we deal. That's what we dealing with. We deal. We dealing with the Lord, right? Hmm. So it says for rebellion is the sin of witchcraft. Didn't the, don't the scripture says the Lord does not suffer a witch to live? Mm-hmm. So that's how that's how serious the Lord sees rebellion. You rebel against the Lord, then you're worthy of death. So we know that Jesus Christ didn't come to bring us death; He came to bring us life. But He's showing us how to return to the Heavenly Father, so we don't have to suffer these punishments that the Most High has established for sin. Christ took the blame, but now what do we have to do? We have to follow in his footsteps and and living a righteous life according to Christ. That's putting to death the old man and be renewed in the spirit of Christ and live unto righteousness. And it says, and stubbornness is iniquity and idolatry because most people they're stubborn. They're like, yeah, I know it's I know it's true. I know that Thanksgiving is pagan. I know that it's it, it not. But I'm gonna keep it anyway. Hmm. That's stubbornness. You're just stubborn. You're stubborn. You're stubborn as a mule. You're stubborn as a jackass. Matter of fact, get that in, in, in Isaiah. The most I said, even the ass know who his master is, but Israel doesn't know. See, people, people get stuck into their ways, and they will not change. That's stubbornness. It says, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he have also rejected thee from being king. So that was, that was speaking about Saul, but many people fall into that category where they're stubborn and where they're rebellion against the Heavenly Father. Because Saul, what did he do? Even though he had the clear word from the Lord, he did whatever he wanted to do. So the Lord said, you know what? Because you've got that kind of heart, you ain't going to be king no more. I'm going to set up David as a king. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Isaiah Read it. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib. The ox, Israel, ox, the ox knoweth his owner. The ox knoweth his owner. The ass knoweth his master's crib. So they both know where they belong. Read on. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib. But Israel does not know. My people does not consider. My people do. So I guess Abraham Lincoln is your God. 
because Abraham Lincoln established those two days to be set up as Thanksgiving. So that's your God. So that's more that's more preferable over than the days of Leviticus 23, the Feast of Tabernacles. Didn't Christ keep the Feast of Tabernacles? Yep. That's when you gave thanks to God for all the things that the Lord had provided and the fruits and the, and the things that the crop had yielded now. So you have no thanks and no you, you, that that's not real to you because people are not growing anything. They going where are they going to Target, Walmart. They going to Tesco's. Who is the other one? Kruger. That's where you going to get your food. So there's no there's no thanks to God. You know your your livelihood does not depend upon the heavenly Father. You just go. You know what? It's it's always food at the Kruger. It's always food. You know at my local or, or grocery store. But back in the day, we had to pray for the Lord. If there was no rain, you was only, Lord, please, please, where Elijah? Elijah! Elijah! There is no rain. Pray to the Lord for rain. See, now you're going to your grocery store. You, you, you play Thanksgiving. You play Thanksgiving. We have to stop playing Thanksgiving and come back to the Lord and consider, consider, reverse four. Verse 4, ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors, they have forsaken the Lord, they have provoked the Holy One of Israel into anger, they are gone away backwards. Sinful nation, a sinful nation. And what adds more sin is that we keep this day called Thanksgiving. we fully reject the commandment of God. We fully reject the days that the Lord has ordained and we accept these pagan, satanic, heathenistic days to be our own rather than keeping the holy convocation, the blessed days of the Lord. Even the even the days that the Lord kept, we reject them. We reject them. The Lord kept the Passover. He didn't keep Easter. He didn't keep Christmas. He kept the Feast of Dedication, Hanukkah, Dedication of the Altar. You reject that. No, 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 no. That's not tradition. That's not the tradition. That's not what my mama did. That's not what my daddy did. So I ain't doing it. But this is the day that Christ came. I don't care. That's what people are bold in their sin. So what do you think the Lord is going to do for you? What do you think the Lord said what? Thou, they have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backward. So when you see death, destruction in your community, when you come under all kinds of problems in your life, you don't know why. But this is why. And it's, it's not just for Thanksgiving, oh, Thanksgiving bringing all hell in my life. If that was the case, if you thought that, why not turn from it? Because it's not the true day that the Lord has established it. But people, people they, what do they do is simplify it. They make, they make it look simple. Oh, you crazy. You think because I celebrate Thanksgiving and get together with my family, that's the reason why I have problems in my life. That's not the reason why I have problems in my life. That is the reason why you have That's one of the many reasons why you have problems in your life The problem for us is sin That we sin against the Heavenly Father 
that we don't love our neighbors as the Lord has commanded. Because many people got a many people got a warped version of love. And I'll share I'll just share a quick story before we go to break. It's mm-hmm. me and brother Ash, and we was in Brixton here in London in the UK, and we were speaking. You know, we just finished speaking on the street, and um. We were speaking to this guy. He's coming out speaking to us, blah, blah, blah. And we tell him about the word of the Lord. We tell him about uh, Jesus Christ. We tell him about the Messiah and, you know, how he has to repent, you know, repent of different things. And Ash was speaking to him and he's like, yeah, adultery, you know, that's against the Heavenly Father. Another man is not supposed to deal with another man's woman. And the guy was like, why? Dang. He was like, why? He said, you know, he said it's, it's all loving. So if a man is like, so it's okay for another man to come and deal with your woman? He's like, yeah, it's just loving. <laughs> Holy cow. So this is what the world is coming to. So when Jesus Christ said, many are called, but few are chosen, baby, he was right. Because many people, they don't see nothing wrong with adultery. People don't see nothing wrong with going and stealing another man's goods. People don't see nothing wrong with lying, bearing false witness. Oh, until it happens to them, then there's something wrong. <laughs> when they become the victim, now it's wrong. But when you was laying with another man's wife, it wasn't wrong then. It was just loving. But when another man up in your bed, in your house, hiding in the closet, now it's wrong, right? <laughs> See, we got to come back to the Heavenly Father in Christ. Holy. We can't half serve the Lord. We have to serve the Lord like Jesus Christ said, with all our heart with all our strength, with all our mind, with all our might, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. That's the right path. That's the things that the Heavenly Father will be well pleased in. So stay tuned. We're coming back. We're just going to take a short break. So listen to this. of Christ Church Radio Network broadcasts seven days a week on blogtalkradio.com forward slash the BOCC. Listen to our archive broadcasts or check us out while we are live on the air. Come and visit us in the virtual living room at 2 o'clock p.m. on Sundays where we examine current topics according to the scriptures. Are you looking for the truth? Can you handle the truth? Find out on Mondays at 8 o'clock p.m. It doesn't matter what church you attend or philosophy you believe, take the challenge to see are you smarter than your pastor on Tuesdays at 8 o'clock p.m. The world is engrossed in darkness, but it shall be destroyed by the light. Check out From Darkness to Light at 7 o'clock p.m. on Wednesdays where all manner of witchcraft, occult practices, and Satanism is exposed for what it is. Before the light comes, it's time to awake. 
on Thursday at 8 o'clock p.m. If you are seeking salvation, listen to Repentance is the Key, Fridays at 7 o'clock p.m. And after you've listened to all of these shows, find out how we will become kings and priests, Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock a.m. All shows are on Eastern Standard Time. Remember to check out the Body of Christ Church seven days a week on blogtalkradio.com forward slash the VOCC. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash T-H-E-B-O-C-C. Shalom. to welcome you back to Kings and Priests, Thanksgiving, the Day of Blood. And there's a reason why we, we titled that, I'm going to play a clip that basically goes into the history and what they were taught about, we were taught about the Native American Indians, how they were a bunch of savages and they lived in just a bunch of dirty tents and huts and, you know, they were madmen and, you know, the best thing that happened to them was the Europeans coming over and civilizing them, which is a bunch of lies. Bunch of lies. How Thanksgiving was a, a friendly association, and the, and the Indians they, they got together and they showed the pilgrims how to farm and they lived in and they lived in, in in happiness and harmony. It was a bunch of lies. It was a bunch of lies. Now, anyone that would go and tell the 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 Jews that or in Israel now in this time that you know what you should not be mourning for the Holocaust every year. What will happen to them? They'd be uh, accused of being anti-Semitic. Now, what would happen, you know, if someone came and said, you know, what well, we're gonna we're gonna have a celebration, you know, when the when when the so-called uh, uh, Jews get together and they have their Memorial Day to remember the Holocaust, we're gonna throw up a big celebration, a feast, and so you know, say, you know, that was a good thing. What's gonna happen? You'd be accused of, of a hate crime. So what about on, on 9-11? If people got together, you know what, we're going to have a big feast on this day. Or, 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 or what about, you know, World War II and, and Memorial Day? You know, we're going to have a big feast and we're going to say, you know what, the veterans that died and on this day, you know what, this was a good thing. And let's have a big feast and get together for this. How would that go down? Then you'd be accused of being... Unpatriotic, so you couldn't do places, that. And, and in some places in America, you might actually get shot. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Real. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that, dude. I'm, dude, I'm serious. <laughs> and in some places in this country, somebody actually might—you <laughs> might not see tomorrow because it, it, it's something that those days are, are that solemn in a sense right. for for a lot of people in this country, especially you know people whose uh, family members served in those. Uh, you know, fought in, the, in, the, in those wars. They had family members or relatives that died in that. That's that's that ain't got to play with. Just like the anti-defamation league would come after you behind. You sitting there talking about, oh well, you know, the Holocaust stands out. That's nothing. We don't celebrate that. But basically, looking at those things in the same light that Thanksgiving is. And people say, oh, that's not fair. You can't do that. Okay. All right. Hey. So. 
to have a day to celebrate the destruction, the slaughter, the massacre of your ancestors and then be offended why you shouldn't be why you shouldn't celebrate it. And that's basically what this next clip is gonna go into. It's gonna go into and bring out a whole bunch of lies that number one, the Native American uh, American Indians who we know is one of the lost tribes of Israel because of the things that they suffer and the things, uh, the curses that are upon them, we can read it out line upon line, precept upon precept, as written in the prophecies in the book of Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, that will happen to the children of Israel. Well, a lot of lies that come out is like, oh, Thanksgiving was a happy time. That's propaganda. It's a bunch of lies. It's not the truth. The, uh, the, the, the Native Americans, they were a bunch of savages, you know, they didn't know how to live. They're just running wild with the animals. It was a bunch of lies. So let's listen to this clip. Minority coming up. Let's start it again. The horrors of Thanksgiving and America as a white. The horrors minority. of Thanksgiving coming up. Far and away, the most massive genocide in the history of the world. The lowest life expectancy in the West. And the year the U.S. will turn native. Virtually none of Thanksgiving has an ounce of accuracy. Notes the bestseller Lies My Teacher Told Me. The idea of Europe bringing civilization to the Americas simply flips truth on its head. This is what European explorers actually found in North America. Far and away the most beautiful city on Earth. Five times the size of London or Rome. Great towers and buildings rising from the water. 60,000 gleaming houses and how spacious and how well built they were of beautiful stonework and cedar wood and the wood of other sweet scented trees. The many streets and boulevards of the city were so neat and well swept despite the multitude of inhabitants crisscrossed with a complex network of canals like an enormous Venice but also remarkable floating gardens that reminded of nowhere else on earth. While Europe was drinking water from its polluted city rivers, huge aqueducts transported America's water from fresh springs. But what impressed most were the special merchant areas where timber and tiles and other building materials were bought and sold, as well as greengrocer streets where one could buy every sort of vegetable, fruits, honeys, nut paste, and chocolates. Astonished by the personal cleanliness and hygiene of the colorfully dressed populace and by their extravagant use of soaps, deodorants, and breath sweeteners. Most Europeans never bathed and kept clothes on at all times. The Pilgrim's Notes biographer Zini Finer had a terrible smell. Indians tried, quote, without success to teach them to bathe. The settlers also had bad breath from rotting teeth. Death and starvation was so common that corpses were just dumped in open pits known as poor holes. Many turned to alcohol and committed suicide. In fact, the story of the first settlers has been deliberately changed, notes author James Lowen, because the truth so shameful. They actually settled hundreds of miles further south and saved America because the mission was a failure. Their real aim, reports historian Robert Beverly, was to find some gold and take it back to Europe. They spent their days digging random holes in the ground, haplessly looking for gold instead of planting crops. Soon they were starving and digging up putrid Indian corpses to eat. They took some Indian prisoners and forced them to teach the colonists how to farm. And the meal with the natives wasn't quite the Thanksgiving shown on TV and in school books. The 
colonists offered the Indians a toast to eternal friendship, whereupon the chief, his family, advisors, and 200 followers dropped dead of poison. In mainstream history books, perhaps the most common description of American territory then is virgin land. In fact, notes historian Peter Jennings, it was widowed, horrific enough the Nazi ethnic cleansings in Europe during World War II. Leading American studies professor David Stenard notes it's dwarfed by, quote, far and away the most massive act of genocide in the history of the world. The death of 100 million indigenous people in the, quote, American Holocaust, some from disease, but also vast numbers from a deliberate policy aimed at wiping out the race that mainstream history books continue to pretend never happened. In Oswin, Heinrich Himmler called the final solution, quote, de-lousing. Himmler was only echoing the pilgrim army's rallying cry, nits make life, nits being Indian babies. This is a map of Indian nations across the U.S. 80% of the first government's entire budget went on attacking existing Indian settlements to take their developed farmland. Settlers would most probably not have survived, writes Jennings, on their own. 95% of America's entire population was then wiped out. American Holocaust notes there is documented evidence of colonist leaders going town after town, deliberately killing all men, women, and children. Yet school texts and history books remain silent. Orders came from the very top. Under the direct order of George Washington, at least 28 of 30 Seneca towns and all the towns of the Mohawk, Onondaga, and Cayuga were simply obliterated. George Washington wrote the Indian country, quote, must be destroyed. Thomas Jefferson called to, quote, pursue Indians to extermination. Nobel Peace Prize winner Theodore Roosevelt called beneficial the eradication of the native race. Senate notes genocide was official public policy. California Governor Peter Burnett in his 1851 message to the legislature. Extermination must continue to be waged until the Indian becomes extinct. Another governor issued the public proclamation to, quote, pursue, kill, and destroy all Indians. A witness notes the ensuing bloodbath practically wiped out the native race. The whites shoot them down like wolves, men, women, and children, wherever they could find them. This war of extermination against the Aborigines is tending to the final extinction of the race. What reportedly saved the race from extinction was their use of slave labor. This extermination policy has proved so injurious to the interests of the whites. Indian labor is indispensable. Highly prized slaves were Indian girls as young as three, said the Marysville Appeal for fulfilling double roles of labor and of lust. Phil Lane Jr., hereditary chief of the Hankton One First Nation. Phil, really great to see you. What facts are being airbrushed out of history? Practices were that, uh, that sometimes you don't even want to speak about and they not only wiped out most of the people, but the way they did it, the greatest loss of people at any time in history. Cultural genocide is still being waged on surviving Indians, reports Truthout. From the start of the 20th century, children were forced into so-called Indian boarding schools designed to, quote, kill the Indian in them, according to the system's founding father, Richard Pratt. Indians are obliged to change their name to a Western one like Tom, made to dress and style their hair like whites. Indigenous Americans are also forced to adopt Christianity and all other parts of Western culture. The North Sea Farm witnessed the abuse firsthand. Thank you so much for speaking to us. Can you tell us what happened? Federal policy here was to, uh, was to take the Indian out of the person. They beat the language out of 
out of the like my father he grew up his whole life his hands were kind of uh, kind of bent as a result he used to talk our native language but he never wanted me to learn i consider myself a recovering catholic because of you know the sexual abuse that i experienced you know from the catholic church daniel sheehan says the genocide is continuing he's helped start the lakota child rescue project to stop the forcible removal of indian children daniel, thanks a lot for coming on could you tell us what is happening to the children and what we discovered is that not only were the children being taken on an epidemic level, it was happening on every single one of the reservations and in virtually every one of the major cities. The International Convention Against Genocide actually has a provision which expressly identifies what's going on as genocide, that the, the systematic undertaking on the part of the racially dominant culture in a given nation state taking away indigenous children from their, from their native tribes and putting them in the white culture has been identified as genocide. Even the Supreme Court still upholds native second-class status to this day, writes noted legal scholar Robert Williams. He joins us now. It's really great to speak to you. Can you give us some examples? One out of three Indian women will be raped during their lifetime. In 86% of those cases, uh, the victims report that it's a non-Indian that perpetuated the sexual assault or the rape. This has been traced directly to the inability of tribes to prosecute these crimes. One of the points I make in my book, Savage Anxieties, is that if you look at the history of the more civilized nations' treatments, so-called more civilized nations' treatments of indigenous peoples, it really makes you wonder who are the savages uh, and who are the more civilized. One very famous study done found that every single treaty that the United States had negotiated with tribes had in fact uh, been breached at one time or another or had been violated. Uh, Supreme Court said they had no property rights and therefore no rights to just compensation. Uh, and there was some horrible language in the opinion about uh, how the court recognized that everyone knows that the savage tribes of America were conquered and the treaties were really meaningless anyway. So the perpetuation of these stereotypes in this, in this case, which is still valid law, in the United States, it's still a valid precedent. And so they, and so they drink it, but it's actually hairspray. Native Indians now have the highest rate of suicide and pandemic of cancer in the Western Hemisphere. Of 44, life expectancy is lower than Afghanistan and around the same as Europe at the time of the Pilgrims. For an official banquet to celebrate 350 years since Pilgrims landed, authorities invited Native Indian Frank James to speak when they saw his speech taken from a settler's own account of what really happened, they wouldn't let him read it. The pilgrims had hardly explored the shores four days before they robbed the graves of my ancestors and stole their corn, wheat, and beans. The Indians knew this fact, yet welcomed and befriended the settlers, little knowing that they would be killed by the settlers' guns. What has happened cannot be changed, but today we work toward a better America a more Indian America, where people and nature are once again important. Frank has helped start a national day of mourning each Thanksgiving, a protest over the Plymouth Harbor and Mayflower replica. On the West Coast, thousands also gather for un-Thanksgiving Day, calling on the U.S. to honor treaties promising Indian rights and international law. The American government faces increasing domestic and international pressure. Supreme Court has reaffirmed the validity of the Treaty of Fort Laramie, giving Indians rights over the area. 
the United Nations, despite four countries voting against, Australia, New Zealand, Canada and the United States, passed a resolution declaring indigenous people's right to self-rule. The UN is also calling for the states to return to Indian tribes their stolen land. The Mexican movement wants to bring indigenous people of America in a single nation. Okay. That was a, a, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot said there. But um, is Thanksgiving a nice little day that they, they painted out to be? Oh, no. No. It's not, about not, blood. Not, not in the Blood, murder, death. Who would celebrate that? Who would ce- who would celebrate that? I mean, first of all, you know, when I came into the truth of what the really the Bible is talking about, it was as what you said, Abaja, that we're not supposed to have any other gods before us. So Thanksgiving is the worship of other gods. And then as you go on, you begin to learn all the lies that they use to promote this day. It was a friendly association before with, with with the pilgrims and the Indians. That was a lie. There was no there was no friendly association. That was a lie. Just like the lie was said Christopher Columbus discovered America. And you have you have a whole day set up Columbus Day just to, to celebrate that. That was a lie. So a lot of things they've said in the history books is a is a bunch of lies. Because we know the 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 history is told by the victors. It's not told by it's not told about it's not told by those that are conquered, is it? So those that are conquered, it's okay, this was this was something friendly. This is something that we should give thanks. So that's giving thanks that what? That America conquered, slaughtered the Native American Indians and that they are a prosperous country. And even what? George Washington. George Washington, the father of the nation. Oh no, not George Washington. Then you know what? And that it is it, really crazy. It's really crazy because they have that in one of the uh, Assassin Creed um games. We have George Washington ordering the slaughter of a Native American uh Indian tribe. It's a, it's in the game. It's in the game. Many people that play that Assassin's Creed game, they know that. The one where they, they're having the Civil War. No, not the Civil War. The American Revolution. And they have General George Washington. And the guy saying that, you know, one of the assassins is a Native American. And um, he's like, who, who, somebody killed my mother? Who ordered that? And he was like, you thought it was me? You thought it was the Templars? It was George Washington. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's a game, but this is historical fact. This is a historical fact. Most people don't know the the, the 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 sacred father of the country wouldn't do that. They, they had slaves as well. The Native American Indian slave. Now I want to bring this out. So that's another reason for you to say, no man, I'm not I'm not gonna celebrate that. But why, 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 why? Why are the Native Americans going through these things or have gone through those things, Abaja? Well, for the same the same reason that we went through those things. And that's because we broke the commandments of the Heavenly Father. We started following the gods of the other nations and the most high said, Okay, you don't want to follow me, then I'm going to make you follow the gods of the other nations. So she wants to voluntarily do that and everything else that comes with it. 
Right. Let's look at this. Go to Deuteronomy uh, 28 and 32. Because one of the things they listed on to show us how the children were taken away and then they were reprogrammed to follow white culture and they wasn't going to be allowed to follow uh, the native culture that they had grown up with. So they were taken away. Now, let's see, let's look at the prophecies that's written in the Bible about the Israelites who are God's people and what will happen to them for breaking the commandments of the Heavenly Father. Deuteronomy 28, 32. And 32. Mm-hmm. Read now, now, before I read this, we have to understand something, too, is because just like all of the tribes eventually went off from the commandments of God, because we saw what, what the scribes and the Pharisees were teaching our people at the time when the Lord walked the earth. Right. Where they had some semblance of the commandments, but they also integrated a lot of their own traditions. Right. So Imagine. when those yeah, so when those people when those tribes came over to this land, you know, long ago, they started uh, going right back into the idolatry that we saw when we were over there on the uh in the land of Israel amongst the other nations and that's why you have pyramids all over on this side of the earth. Because right. they started worshiping the sun gods and things of that nature. So yeah, they knew that they were Israel. But then they went off into madness too, and the Most High brought that judgment upon them. Right. And this is just one of the curses that we're about to read. This is uh, Deuteronomy 28 and 32. It says, Thy sons and thy daughters shall be given unto another people, and thine eyes shall look and fail with longing for them all the day long, and there shall be no might in thine hand. So when it says shall be given, I'm sure uh, none of the, the Native American um, brothers or sisters gave up their children to go into um, these different schools. They didn't give them. Who gave them? It was the Lord. It was a punishment from the Lord. It says, thy sons and thy daughters shall be given unto another people, and thy eyes shall look and fail with longing for them all the day long, and there shall be no might in thy hand. So there was nothing they, they can do and go and fight the government and get their children back. Why? Because this is, this is a curse from the Heavenly Father. Read on. Read verse 33. The fruit of thy land and all thy labors shall a nation which thou knowest not eat up, and thou shalt be only oppressed and crushed always. The Mosai is dangerous. So it says, the, the fruit of thy land and all thy labors shall a nation which thou knowest not eat up. So when the pilgrims and, and, and the Europeans came to America, did they? Did the natives know them? Nope. They were strangers, right? So they came and mm-hmm. took all their land, their labor, everything that they had produced and grown, and took it for themselves. Kind of like um, the, the 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 march and wars for oil. Back then, it was a war for for land. So they crushed them. It says that should only be oppressed and crushed all the way. So this is the reason why, because. Our brothers and sisters of Native American Indians, they broke the commandments of God, and now they're receiving the punishments for that. So they also have to return back to the Most High. They almost have to return to the uh, the, uh, the Yehiwaha, Deuteronomy 28 and 41. All right, verse 41. Thou shalt beget sons and daughters, but thou shalt not enjoy them, for they shall go into captivity. So it's the same thing with the Negroes that came into captivity and slavery. It's the same thing with our Native American uh, Indian brothers who are Israelites as well. They went into slavery. They took their children. They took their daughters. They took their daughters. 
They took their sons and they went into captivity. They went into slavery, right or wrong. <laughs> they went into slavery, and when they couldn't enslave them anymore, then they brought the the so-called Negroes over from the the coast of, of Africa and the different countries over there. And all these things were prophesied in the scriptures. All these things were prophesied in the scriptures. Read Deuteronomy twenty-eight and forty-five. Deuteronomy twenty-eight forty-five. Moreover. All these curses shall come upon thee and shall pursue thee and overtake thee till thou be destroyed because thou hearkenest not unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded thee. Right. So there's nowhere that the the children of Israel could run or hide. There was no country. There was no nation. There was no refuge where we could go and hide from the Lord. We broke his commandments and what? He was going to bring curses upon us for not listening to his voice, for not keeping his commandments, his statutes, which he had commanded us by Moses. See, the Lord did not give us religion. The Lord didn't give us seven-day Adventists. The Lord did not give us Catholicism or Mormonism or Lutheranism or any of these different religions that they have out there. The Lord gave us commandments and statutes, and he commanded that we keep them. The Lord commanded that we have no other gods before us. The Lord commanded that we not bow down and worship idols. The Lord commanded that we keep the Sabbath day holy. The Lord commanded that we not take his name in vain. The Lord gave us commandments. He didn't say, oh, seven-day Adventists now. You know, that's the Sabbath. There's no such thing as a seven-day Adventist in the, in the Scriptures. There's no such thing as a Catholic in the Bible. There's no such thing. The Lord commanded his people, the Israelites, to keep his commandments. And so they didn't keep them. He said, I'm going to bring these curses upon you, and they're going to pursue you. They're going to overtake you till you be destroyed. And how the people destroyed from their language, from their land, now they're in the ghetto. And it's a very interesting term. Ghetto means a place where you keep the Jews. <laughs> look it up. Look it up. Look it up. But let's stay on the path. Let's stay on the path. Read verse 46. Now, before I read 46, it's very important that we stress the point because it says that we are in these conditions. It didn't say we're in these conditions because of the white man. It didn't say we're in these conditions because we like education. We like the uh, the money. We like the resources. It says that we are in these conditions. I'm going to read it again. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee and shall pursue thee and overtake thee till thou be destroyed because thou hearkenest not unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which he commanded thee. Mm -hmm. We have to stress that reason because that is the root of what we see. That that is the, the, the root of all of the problems that we're looking at within our homes, within our communities, and amongst our people. Mm -hmm. That's the root of it. It says because we did not follow the Lord. So it's like, okay, yeah, did the other nations have a hand in some of the things that happened to us? Oh, undeniably so. Yes, they did. But why? Who gave them the power to do these things? See? So when we want to get mad at somebody, we better look in the mirror because the the Lord has given us the, the power to, to change our lives and that when we repent through Christ and start keeping the commandments and follow that example, 
those that's a that's a a, a lifestyle change. Okay, mm-hmm. that ain't something. Okay, I repent, Lord, and and the the tulips gonna fall from the sky, and the rose petals, and life is just gonna be good. Uh uh-uh. uh, no, no, we gonna have to go to work now. Okay, we're going to have to look at ourselves and examine ourselves and change. Okay, and that takes work and time. And yeah. there's other things that have to run this course, too. But I'm going to read on. I just had to Come read on. that uh, one because, you know, a lot of people, they, they, they have things twisted, man. It's like, look, you know, we want to sit back and, and blame everybody else and blame the white man and all this other stuff, man. Listen, it's stuff that we can do within ourselves in our own households which in turn will uh, branch out to the things that happen on a, a, a change in the community that, that doesn't require the other nations, in a sense, for other people to get involved. Okay. All right, Michael. Let's keep it. All right, oh, Michael. Man. Looking at the man in the mirror. I'm looking at the Oh, man. <laughs> All right, read on. Verse 46. I digress. And they shall be, and they shall be upon thee for a sign and for a wonder and upon thy seed forever. So these things are these things are a sign and a wonder to do what? To show you that number one, that the Lord has done this to our people. And and number two is to show us that we are the Lord's people. We gotta turn back from from our sins and our ways and return unto the Lord. But it's a wondrous thing when you deal with um, the Native American culture and find out, like, damn, a hundred million? Damn! A hundred, George Washington said kill him. He didn't say, you know, kill him, pass him, you know, we need to conquer these people and repel the the, 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 the Native American Indian attacks. He said, no, wipe them out. Like, so, that's a, that's a, like, Palpatine, man. Wipe them out, all of them. That sounds like some evil stuff, man, and that's not the word I want to say. That's some evil stuff. Read on. Mm-hmm. It's a sign and a wonder. So this is the this like you said, it ain't about the white this is the Lord's doing. This is what happened when you mm-hmm. cross the most high. Like, I don't gotta keep his command, I'll do what I wanna do. Okay. Really? Forty seven. Forty seven. Because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart. For the abundance of all things, so we therefore shall thou say, we're supposed to give thanks and praise to the Most High for the abundance of all things, not on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So we are supposed to give thanks to the Heavenly Father. Yes. What day the Lord set up that okay, you're going to bring in your your things and give thanks to Him for that was the Feast of Tabernacles, which Jesus Christ kept Himself. Not Thanksgiving, not Thanksgiving, not Thanksgiving, because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness. And with gladness for the abundance of Well, I'm happy to serve the Lord. Why are you keeping Thanksgiving? Why are you keeping Christmas? Why are you keeping Easter? Easter, why are you keeping Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, Father's Day? All these different days. You don't read about them in the Bible. But there's many days that the Lord said to celebrate. You're not happy to you're not happy to do those days because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart. Mm-hmm. Oh, that Bible, that's too many rules. Look, you're not supposed to have sex before you get married. Hebrews thirteen and four says what? Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed on the file. But whoremongers and God will draw. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait till I get married. I got to hit that thing now, boy. What's wrong with you? Girl, look good now. Can't wait. I can't afford that ring. Can't afford to get married. I can afford a condom. That's what I can afford. What madness is this? What have we been re- reduced to? This is what people have been reduced to. This is what society become. A bunch 
of sinners full of iniquity. We do not look for the honor of God. We do not look for the glory that comes and the honor that comes from God only. We look for the glory that comes from men, and it's corrupt. Because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness, with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. Verse 48. Therefore shalt thou serve thine enemies, which the Lord shall send against thee, in hunger, and in thirst, and in nakedness, and in want of all things. And he shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until he have destroyed thee. So now, because you don't serve God, you serve your enemies. You serve your enemies. That's what the Lord said. You won't serve me, I will make you serve your enemies. And does your enemy have your best interest at heart? Nope. No, he's your enemy. So your enemy is going to pursue things to destroy you, to destroy your character, to destroy your history, to destroy your family, to destroy your children. That's what your enemy is going to do. So when we don't serve God, guess what? The Lord said, I'm going to make you serve your enemies when you want food. So what are they doing to your food? What are they doing to your water? You don't want to serve God. The Lord said, you're going to serve your enemies, which I will send against thee in hunger and in thirst and in nakedness and one of all things. See, this is what happened. We're supposed to serve God, and God is going to bless our marriages. God is going to bless our food. God is going to heal our land. God is going to do all the good things. He said, if you keep my commandments, you shall be blessed. If you honor my commandments, if you take heed to my voice, you're going to be blessed. But we don't want to take heed to the Lord's commandments. We want to keep our own traditions like Thanksgiving, like Christmas, which are satanic. People say, oh, he's crazy. He's crazy. He's crazy. Shut him down. Get him off the laptop. Get him off the radio. It's fact. That's why, you know, our people walk on in darkness and you have to come to Christ, which is the light. And that's why many people will not come to the light, because they'll see that they would, their life would have to end, and they would have to live a whole new life. That's called being born again. People speak the words, but they don't do the deeds of being born again. Now, Lord, I, I, I've, I've taken the Lord on as my personal Lord and Savior. Well, you're still going to the club. You're still a fornicator. You're still a whoremonger. You still a hope, but you now the Lord is your Lord and Savior. No, He's not, because when the Lord becomes your Lord and Savior, you're gonna become unrecognizable to the person who you used to be. When you become a new creature in Christ, you become unrecognizable to the person who you used to be. Go ahead, bro. Now, even even that, uh, all you know, so I, I say, so-called Christians, and I'm gonna use that term very loosely. The people that proclaim to follow the Bible is one of those things when you're talking about the tradition of men, one of the traditions of men, okay, oh, well, you're going into legalism. Oh, well, that's the literal interpretation of it. Uh, well, that's their interpretation. Now, you can go back and see when all of these so-called Christian holidays, I ain't talking about the days that were ordained by the Heavenly Father that were written of in the Scriptures. I'm talking about things like the Christmas and Easter and the traditions that come with those days, you can see at what point in history the paganistic customs were uh, integrated in a sense. Mm-hmm. 
into into the, what is now the, the so-called Christian dogma or the Christian faith or the Christian religion. You can see when those things were introduced and how that they have no place in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. But those things have become tradition of men and they put on the label, they put the label on it now, oh, well, this is a Christian holiday. No, it's not. Not the true Christians, not the ones that were first called Christians in Antioch, meaning a follower of Christ. Mm-hmm. We're looking at the same traditions of man that a lot of so-called Christians that proclaim to follow the Bible are following, as they did back when the scribes and the Pharisees were saying, oh, well, you're sinning against God because you didn't wash your hands before you ate. Or before you came from the market, you didn't wash your hands. You sinned. That's a sin. Adding to the word of the Lord. Mm. Thank you, brother. Yeah, I mean, really, the one of all things now, you're going to go to your enemy and say, you know what? Teach us about our history. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I find that really laughable. Like, okay, we've been brought to this country in slavery or like the Native American Indian brothers, you know, we've been we're enslaved. Now, you know what? You've got to teach us about our history. No, I'm sorry, brothers, sisters. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to inquire of the Lord and find these things out for ourselves. We have to return unto the Lord and then He's gonna open up our mind and our understanding and reveal the truth to us. But mm-hmm. to go to our enemies for the one uh, your enemy doesn't have not your best interest at heart. Not at all, not the least, not n- not even a little bit. It's only by the power of the Lord that he can turn the hearts of our enemies. And the scripture says, when our ways please the Lord, he shall make even our enemies to be at peace with us. So what's the key factor in this? That we have to return unto the Lord. Mm-hmm. We have to return unto the Lord. We have to turn unto the Lord because we are destroyed as a people. We are destroyed. We're destroyed. Why are we destroyed? We're destroyed for a lack of knowledge, the lack of knowledge of the Heavenly Father in Jesus Christ. That's what we're destroyed from. So read on. Now I want to start to wrap oh, this thing up. I know, but I, I just got to get on one more point because you mentioned the scripture. I, I, uh, I'm going to find it in a second, but it says, when thy ways please the Lord, he will make thy enemies to be at peace with thee. Now, you know what? It, see, the Lord showed us something very, very special in Christ that I think a lot of us take for granted. Because when you look at the way that Jesus Christ dealt and the way that he teaches us to deal, the scriptures say, if at all possible, be at peace with all men. Mm-hmm. So when we're walking after the example of Christ and we're applying the scriptures when it comes to, you know, how we're supposed to deal with people in general, I ain't talking about, okay, you know, just how you deal with your brother and your sister. No, I'm talking about people in general, regardless of what walk of life they come from or who they are. Then that means that that goes into the things that the scriptures talk about as far as, you know, having a, a, a good report of them that are without. Mm-hmm. When other people speak of you, it's like, they're going to be speaking of you in a good light, and they're not going to have any evil thing to say of you. That's how you're going to be at peace with all men. That's how the Lord is going to cause your so-called enemies to be at peace with you because you're walking after the commandments of God. We're not out there breaking the law. We're not out there doing things that are contrary to the scriptures. That's how that happens. So anyway, let me go back. Verse 49. That out there. Verse 49. The Lord shall bring a nation against thee from far, from the end of the earth, as swift as the eagle flyeth, a nation whose tongue thou shalt not understand. So who brought the who brought the Europeans against the Native American brothers in in America? I'll read the top of forty nine again. The Lord shall bring a nation against thee from far, from the end of the earth, 
Yes, he did. As swift as an eagle flies, which is one of the many uh, uh, symbols that a Native American uses. Native Native Americans (laughs) used the symbol of the eagle before America had the symbol of the eagle. But anyway, you know, many Native American tribes, they worship fire. They worship the air. And uh, some... Some of the Native Americans, they like you said, they stay true to what they learned, but they mixed it with different paganism because some of the, they they speak about the Great Spirit. Some of them even know the name of the Most High, uh, and they they say uh, uh, Yahweh and singing in their songs. That was a song that I played. Mm-hmm. But we have to turn back to the Heavenly Father now through Jesus Christ or Yeshua, the Messiah. So read on this last verse. All right, verse fifty. A nation of fierce counselors, which shall not regard the person of old, nor shall favor to the young. What it means that a fierce countenance, countenance like your facial expression. So their faces were hard. They were not softened by man, woman, the old or the young. They begin to exterminate and kill and destroy and slaughter. That's that's one of the things they didn't keep out of the history books was the walk, the, the trail of tears, is when they slaughtered the the, uh, the American Indian tribes and they had. To be uprooted out of their out of their land and, and and go somewhere else on these different reservations, but the Lord did that for our disobedience mm-hmm. and breaking the commandments. Now, one of the things I want to say in closing: people get mad at the messenger, people get mad at the prophets of old, and you shouldn't be. You should take heed to the words of the Lord because that's what we're reading. We're reading out of the scriptures, but this is something interesting that Paul said. Go to Galatians four sixteen and read that. Galatians 4 and 16. Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? I'm telling you the truth. Am I become your enemy? (laughs) This is what Paul, am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? And I've seen that where people just turn downright vicious. They were lovely. They were sweet. Everything is good. Everything is nice. They're friendly. We're friends. We start telling the truth according to this Bible, not the watered down, filtered, I want to get your money, um, pull, put, pimp, preacher on the pulpit. But you start telling the truth as it is written, like Jesus Christ said many times, as it is written, as it is written. Isaiah said, as it is written. You start to tell them, people become your enemy. People will turn against you. Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Am I your enemy because I tell you that Thanksgiving is not about God, Jesus Christ? It's not a day to set up friendly. It's not a day that is the history of friendly relations between the Native Americans and the Pilgrims. That that's all lies. Am I in, am I your enemy for telling you that? Well, many many people will many people will take that as so. But read First Kings twenty two and verse eight. You telling me that? Spoiling my holiday. <laughs> yeah, that's what many people saying. I'm, I'm spoiling their holiday. Just for saying it, speaking the words, I'm spoiling their holiday. Okay, you said First Kings? First Kings 22, verse 8. All right. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man, Micaiah, the son of Imlah, by whom we may inquire of the Lord. But I hate him. For he does not prophesy good concerning you, but evil. And Jehoshaphat said, 
Let not the king say so. <laughs> so this man, he said, okay, I know a guy that who, who, who's a man of the Lord, and we can inquire of him, and he's going to speak the words of God. But I hate him, <laughs> for he does not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. Go to go go to John three nineteen, please. <laughs> go to John three nineteen. That reminds me of something that Jesus Christ said. Because we don't support Thanksgiving, not because you know we don't want, not because we don't want people to see their family or friends. We do want people to see their family. You've been working hard, you know, you working all week to take care of your family, and now you get some time off to go see your family. Damn it, go see your family. Go visit them. But don't support Thanksgiving. Don't say it's blessed of the Lord because it is not. You'll be telling a lie. You'll be taking the names, Lord. You'll be taking the name of the Lord in vain. That's what you'll be doing. You'll be breaking the commandments. So read that, John 3.19. John 3.19. And this is the condemnation, that light is coming to the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Right. So... This is the condemnation that light is coming to the world. People won't come to the light because their deeds are evil. Their deeds are wicked. So we have to come to the light. We can't hate um, the, the messenger. And many people, they hated Christ and wanted to kill him. Why? <laughs> many people hated Christ and wanted to kill him for healing the people. Oh. That's the that's what the Bible what Bible are you reading? I have to say Barack people ain't reading their Bible. Barack Obama is right. People ain't reading their Bibles. <laughs> so what in closing, what do we do to get out of all this mess that our people in, so called Negroes, so called uh Native American Indians, so called Hispanics, Haitians, what do we do to get out of all this mess? You know, we we living in 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 the in, in the dregs of society. We look down as savages. Those, those people that wear their their, their their clothes half down on their on on their backside off their butt. What do we do to get out of all this mess? What do we do to come out of these days? Let's go to Second Chronicles seven and fourteen. Seven fourteen. Yep. All right. Second Chronicles chapter seven verse fourteen, and it reads, "If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin." And will heal their land Right so we have to repent We have to repent through Christ True repentance And true repentance If you're truly repentant You will not support Thanksgiving Because it's satanic It's against the Heavenly Father It's against the established days That the Lord set up for us to give thanks For the harvest For the things that he provided The good things of this earth For the fruits and the vegetables And the things that he had given us Of every good growing herb that the Lord has made to grow on the earth, you have to truly repent and turn from that. You're not going to support that day. So this is what we have to do to get out of this mess that we've gotten ourselves in and upset the Lord. Return unto Lord. Humble ourselves. 
so humble. We can't be stubborn and, and still support these days. We have to humble ourselves and pray and seek the Lord's face. For us to seek the Lord's face, we have to seek the things that are pleasing in his sight. So that means to support and to keep and to worship on the days that the Lord has established and ordained. So with that, we give all of the praise, the glory, and the honor to the Heavenly Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. Well, some will say Yeshua or Yahawashai. It still means the anointed, the chosen one who's coming, who's coming again to deliver us and to bring us salvation. So until next time, we say Shalom. Amen. This is the Body of Christ Church, and you are listening to our program, Kings and Priests, where we teach repentance to the twelve tribes scattered abroad. In these last days, darkness has covered the earth, and gross darkness covers the people. But for those who choose to hear the words of the Father and the instructions of Jesus Christ, He will give them the power to become the nation of kings and priests they were ordained to be from the foundations of the earth.